With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. This week on Happy Sad Confused, Bill Nye classes up the joint by talking about their finest and becoming an overnight sensation in his 50s. Welcome to the show, guys. I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to my little old podcast. Joining me, as always, on the intro is Sammy. Hey, Sammy. Hi. Very excited to introduce this episode. We taped this a couple weeks back. We've been itching to give it to you because as soon as um, he left the uh, the podcast facility, we all were like, oh, my God, Bill Nye was amazing. Um, you know Bill Nye, I of love him. Not to be confused with a science guy. Let's get that out of the way. Which happens a lot, it I It does feel. happen a lot. But no, Bill Nye, of course you know, um, he kind of came to prominence, as I said in the intro, bizarrely uh, a little bit later in life, in his early 50s, uh, thanks to his role in Love Actually mm-hmm. as kind of that, that rock and roll star. Uh, also that same year, he was in Underworld of all things. Um, and he relishes he talks a lot about it in this conversation, relishing being in a lot of sci-fi films and fantasy films. He's been in the Pirates I was films. Say, he did Pirates. Uh, he guest starred on Doctor Who. He's just been around, and he's not snobbish about uh, the genre of film, and that's part of why I fell in love with Bill Nye, who, um, who frankly is one of those like I booked for the podcast just being a fan and not really having much of a history with him. But he uh, he just charmed uh, my pants off, not literally. Don't wow. Calm down. Just to be no. Call the press. Well, no, he was he's he's delightful. He's very he's very self-deprecating, uh, very witty, um, and uh, and just a, a very insightful, smart guy, and one of our our greatest actors. And he's in this really good new movie that's out in theaters right now uh, called Their Finest. Uh, it stars our good old buddy Sam Claflin. We love Sam. We love uh, Gemma Arterton's in it, and it takes place uh, in World War II, uh, kind of a, a making of a, a film. It's like a behind-the-scenes production of making these kind of like propaganda films in World War II to kind of boost morale and confidence uh, back in those dark days. And uh, it's uh, it's filled with like a lot of uh, heart and, and humor and um, and his performance uh, since it premiered in the Toronto Film Festival has been garnering a lot of acclaim and uh, and well-deserved. It's a, it's a really, I, honestly, I love the movie. I actually want to see it again um, and uh, he's just stellar in it. So that's this week's show. Um, other things to mention, um, Sammy and I, we just had some fun with The Fate of the Furious. Mm-hmm. You guys should check out some of our fun stuff we did there. Yeah. Did you have fun um, at the premiere? I did. Well, you know who the first person we saw was. We, so Sammy and I were at the red carpet mm-hmm. for this, uh, the eighth Fast and the Furious mm-hmm. movie at Radio City Music Hall here in New York. And uh, Out of the screams and the lights walked this figure towards us. It was Tyrese. No, no. it was it, we love Tyrese. We but love it, Tyrese, but, but, it, but it was DJ. It, it was, was Dwayne the Dwayne Rock, the Rock J. Um, with his sunglasses <laughs> and his beautiful shiny head, just bringing joy with him. He really does exude joy. It was so great to see uh, him. And uh, didn't do many interviews, we should say, but he did stop mm-hmm. for us. He little, loves uh, you. So he loves us, and um, and had a delightful conversation with him, which you can wa- uh, watch, I believe, on um, MTV's Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's there, uh, along with some other stuff. I think we're cutting from. 
that. Uh, yeah, some it, fun Jason Statham oh, stuff. Yeah. Statham is so good in the he's, movie. And uh, he, another he, beautiful bald head from that movie. <laughs> a lot of beautiful yeah, bald heads in this franchise. A lot of beautiful bald men. Uh, speaking of which, also we did a I did a twenty minute conversation with Vin Diesel. Of course, you can't have the Fast and the Furious without Vin Diesel. We did a Facebook Live with him uh, just the other day. Uh, you can catch that entire conversation on NTV's Facebook page, and well worth checking out. Just uh, honestly, he doesn't sit down for that many uh, big conversations, and we covered a lot, uh, including the future of the Fast franchise, Triple uh, X, why um, his uh, Riddick poster popped up in Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and a lot more. It was a lot of fun talking to Vin as well. So um, Fast and the Furious, Fate of the Furious opens this Friday. I know you guys will check that out. And uh, and then after this podcast taping in just a, a little, a few hours, a few we're going to be hours. we're going to be heading to Star Wars Celebration. That's right in Orlando, Florida. Oh yeah. So check back in next the week. Heart of America. I will. I will give you guys. We will both give you guys a uh, a report on what it's like to cover a uh, a full on basically Comic Con for Star Wars. You're going to be such. I'm, I'm very excited. You're going. Oh excited. my. You're going to be out of control. I'm excited. I'm yes. gonna. Yeah. This is gonna. I'll let you all know. Just. How much I embarrass myself? No. Yeah. You're going to be embarrassing yourself because I'm in the majority there. These are my people. No. I no. Well, uh, I'm just saying, you're going to have to keep it together, okay? No. I know. All your favorites will oh, be there. Are gonna all be your there. favorites. Yeah, hopefully uh, we're going to be talking. We're going to prop. We, we don't know exactly who we're talking to, but very likely we're going to be talking to much of the cast of The Last Jedi. How Ooh, many, I can barely say it. With how many insane. times uh, do you think your Jar Jar impersonation is going to come out this That's week? That's hurtful, but also spot on. <laughs> but relevant. <laughs> well, Sammy and I do need to discuss some ideas for what, we're, what mm-hmm. kind of fun stuff we're going to do. Yeah. And... Yeah, maybe Jar Jar's maybe, on the table. Jar Jar's always on the table, <laughs> yeah. guys. When you've got a gift like Jar Jar, you don't yeah. want to just keep it in your holster for no, too long. You have to let it go. Yeah. You have to give it to the world. I don't know if Daisy's experienced the Jar Jar yet. It oh, could be well, the, she will. The end of our beautiful friendship. <laughs> yeah. Abrupt um, ending. Exactly. So stay tuned for that. We'll report back from our fun times, hopefully, at Star Wars Celebration next week. Uh, but for now, uh, there's a fair amount of geekiness in this conversation, surprisingly so for such a classy actor like Bill Nye. But uh, we touch on a lot of things. Does he talk about the reunion? Yeah, he does actually. Yeah, which hasn't aired in the states yet. They, of course, love. Actually, if you've heard, if you haven't heard, uh, most ninety percent of the cast got together for Richard Curtis, the direct writer director, retained them all for Red Nose Day, this great cause that's going to be running. Uh, I believe like May twenty fifth. I want to say on NBC. I'm sure you know. Check your local listings. You'll uh, find check it. your look. I'm so excited. But yeah, yeah, he talks about uh, reteaming for that and how much fun it was, and whether that might spark a full on film, Don't. which he says, which he says. Well, just to spoil it a little bit, he does say that for the first time came up in the conversations oh a little bit. Oh, my God. I wouldn't be shocked. There was so much excitement when this was announced. I, I was floored. Yeah. So, he, uh, yeah, I can't um, gush enough about Bill Nye, and you'll hear a little bit of gushing in the conversation to come, and I think you will agree with me. He's uh, he's worth the gush. He's yeah, awesome. He's worth it. All right. Go check out Their Finest, uh, now out in theaters, uh, and enjoy this conversation with Bill Nye, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you when we get back from uh, Jedi-a-thon. See you on Orlando. the other side. Exactly. May the Force be with you. Oh, God. What? I have to do that. (laughs) I'm leaving. There's no official introduction. I feel you are you're warranted a great introduction because I'm such a fan of your work, sir. But uh, it's a pleasure to – I think it's the first time we've met. Mr. Bill Nye has joined us in the podcast studio. Hello. Good morning. My pleasure. Um, I was just complimenting you. I'll do it for the record just because it's, it's useless if other people don't hear it. 
True. We, we need to actually share it with the world. Yeah, get it out there. <laughs> get it out there. Uh, Mr. Knight is promoting a, a wonderful new film called um, uh, Their Finest, which I first had the pleasure of seeing at the Toronto Film Festival uh, from director. I don't want to butcher her name. You do it for me if you could. Lona Scherfig. She's a very uh, eminent Danish uh, filmmaker. She made a film you might remember called An Education, which is beautiful. now remembered as the film that brought you Carrie Mulligan. Who I, I remember that was the first time I met Carrie was at Toronto as well when oh, they did, right. debuted that film. Um, so a, a lot to cover. I want to talk a, a bit about the film, but also since we have some time, if you'll indulge me to talk a little bit about your esteemed career. Sure, that, yeah. As I said, I, I'm a huge fan. I've seen so much of your work. I've seen you on stage here ah, opposite Carrie, yes, actually. Quite. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess, I guess first of all, I mean, give me a sense um, you know, much has been made if you read like the narrative, the story of Bill Nye about like the fact that, you know, your film career, your career, like to 99 percent of the public probably, frankly, became aware of you about 15 years ago. True. So I'm just curious sort of like where you were at. You were obviously you had a very successful career. You were making a great living. You had had done a ton of theater and, and, and film and TV. Were you satisfied with your career? prior to Love Actually, that 2003 banner year? Yeah, I think I was. I had a very familiar, what you might call an English career, which was basically playing leading roles in the theater and on TV. And I was already uh, exceeding any expectations I'd had in the beginning. My expectations, I think, in retrospect, they seem to have been what people would probably describe as extremely low. I mean, I was just, you know, working in the theater and I was, I, that was already a result. And I thought that my life would be in the theater. So being on television, I never expected to be on television. I certainly didn't expect to be in a movie. Um, but yeah, and I had, and I'd, I'd done, you know, the things that I w might tell my grandchildren, I'd already done some of those things, you know, because I'd worked with great writers like Tom Stoppard, Harold Pinter, David sure. Hare, you know, um, and, and with great actors and great directors. So it was, things were fine. The only thing I would dispute in your account is that I wasn't making enough money. But I'm kidding, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But um, yeah, apart from that, no, it was good. But uh, so it was, it was very, I didn't expect to get into, people didn't so much then. And it was unlikely at m that time in my life that I would suddenly play a principal role in a big movie. Right. Uh, but, uh, but, and, and I did, and it changed everything. I mean, had there been quote-unquote, close calls before then where you thought, um, you know, even if you didn't expect it, that, oh, this audition, this part, this film, this project, this actually could launch me into a whole other stratosphere. You would go for those auditions, but you would never, well, if you, I would never expect to get them. And often, even if the director uh, liked your audition and he would say, I had the conversation several times where they would say, I'm going to really seriously suggest to the producers that we have you. And I, I took in the end, I would, on a couple of later occasions, I said, I would thank them and say, look, it's good of you to try, but it's never going to, you're never going to pull it off because they, you know, they can't spell my name, leave alone. You know what I mean? And I don't mean that just because I would wouldn't do it either because you want to protect your investment. So it would then go to somebody more, you know, visible. Uh, so and that was a familiar thing. That's not just for me. That was for anybody, and particularly for English actors yes. in American movies because they needed somebody who was familiar to an American audience. What Love Actually did was made me kind of, you know, they could almost put my name to my face and became, made me familiar to an American audience. So that changed the way that people could use me. And, and Love Actually, of course, came from the brilliant mind of Richard Curtis, who yeah. you've worked with several times. Yeah. Um, had you known Richard before, before then? I'd met him briefly on occasions. He came to the theater and things I was in, but I didn't know him particularly well, no. And I did a, a read-through. They used to – they have 
occasionally they will ask you, writers and directors will ask you to read a script out loud with no expectation of getting the job. Right. Um, and they are, but of course, you know, and they always say it's not an audition, but, you know, try telling that to the actors because <laughs> they all, you know, work real hard and try and, and get the gig, obviously. Uh, and, but I don't, I really didn't Im- imagine I would get the job because it was a rock star and I thought they'll go and get a rock star or, or, they, or they'll go and get a film star. And they yeah, could it, have it feels like that kind of part where you can almost trade on celebrity. You can yeah. cast a celebrity and that automatically gets you buys you something exactly yeah why would they give up that that why would they you know uh, jettison that bit of that advantage and give it to me but they did so so you know your charisma was too damn strong to deny exactly it's that old charisma again (laughs) but um and did when you got that part did you did you have a sense that it could again you'd kind of maybe steal to or or prepared for disappointment (laughs) through a career of knowing that it's just difficult to kind of break through but like what was your attitude when you got the part when the film was done when you saw it i mean at what point did it kind of register oh the the unlikely is about to happen well i have a i have an above average talent for projecting doom and i uh, <laughs> that's I, why you're welcome here well, good <laughs> you're I, among I felt, like-minded people <laughs> i sensed i was amongst friends yeah and i uh, you know i'm very good at projecting negatively i mean like world class oh, really? okay. oh yeah Let's, at an olympic level okay, we're gonna go to you know, there, in a second yeah there is no well, well okay i take you on there is no possible there's no version of the future which you know i can you know the the future is bleak. Oh, the political Nothing. realm must be great for you right yeah, now. Yeah, oh, no, oh, everything. Fantastic. The world is begin, beginning to reflect my worst, you know, my... You're my, like, I told you guys exactly, for decades. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, so I mean, uh, yeah, now I've forgotten the question. That's okay. So I guess the question was about um, um, once you get that oh, yeah. role in the film, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, do you adjust your mindset like, oh, this could actually m- mean something? Well, my, my default mindset is, oh, now I have an even bigger opportunity to humiliate myself. That's, the, that's my default. And then I have to go to work anyway. And I'm, I'm accustomed to that, you know, with this voice in my head saying, what, who, do, who do you think you are? Right. What persuaded you to imagine you could play this part anyway? Blah, 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 blah. But it's like having a, a you know, a radio tuned in one part of your head. And you get, you get, you go, you hopefully, you grow accustomed to working whilst it's telling you bad news about yourself. Uh, and I became, you know, and then you realize that the audience don't know what's going on in your head, which might not sound like anything to anyone else, but that was a bit of a revelation for me. And it's the only thing that made it possible for me to proceed. So uh, I would, you know, keep a straight face and keep working. In a weird way, was was Underworld, which also I think came in that same yeah. year, as big or, yeah. or similarly big for you in that year? Yeah, I mean, you know, I did, I had about three or four jobs that year, and I was aware that if I was kind of half decent in any of them, and if they were to any degree popular, that it might you know, I'm not stupid, you know, I thought, you know, and then the last one was Love Actually and Underworld, it was Underworld, there was a TV series called State of Play, which yeah, was sure. extremely uh, popular in England. And I was aware that it was very high class stuff. And, and then there was Underworld and then there was, you know, which was genre, which I'm, I am drawn to, you know, and I love vampires. I'm crazy about vampires. And, uh, you know, and I, and I was aware that, uh, you know, I was, I, I was operating on a couple of levels, you know, and I was, I was, uh, I was, What's that word? I was um, predisposed. No, I, I was I was presenting uh, okay. a moving target. Gotcha. So it was all kind of you know. And I thought if any of those things came off, then uh, it could shift. This is Happy Sad Confused. We'll be right back after this. One night, one goal: stop suicide. On June third, Washington D.C. will host the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention's Out of the Darkness Overnight Walk. 
For the last 20 years, people have described the overnight as one of the most powerful experiences of their lives. Now is the perfect time for you to join us as people from all over the country come together to send a message of love and hope. Walk over 16 miles from dusk till dawn to raise funds and awareness for suicide prevention. See the landmarks of Washington, D.C. by moonlight. Form lasting friendships, experience healing, and bring hope to those affected by suicide. Join us. Be a part of something extraordinary. June 3rd in Washington, D.C. Register today at theovernight.org or call 888-THE-OVERNIGHT. That's theovernight.org or 888-843-6837. Part of what I love about your career is like there doesn't seem to be like a, a pompousness about like highbrow versus lowbrow, quote unquote, in, in film or TV or – I mean first in terms of medium. You've worked in literally every medium from radio, TV, film all throughout your career and you continue to. It's not like you've given up TV or whatever in, in recent or radio, years. No. Um, and then that extends also to genre, which you know, as a genre fan myself, uh, you know, it always lends a bit of credibility in class when you show up on screen in, in a film that could sometimes you know, not aspire to greatness. Um, I mean, is that something? Is that a function of sort of where the work is, where your uh, where your interest lies? Given the fact that you've showed up in a lot of kind of quote unquote genre films in in the last decade. Well, when I was young, I was lucky enough to be a founder member of the Science Fiction Theatre of Liverpool, which was run by a man that was routinely described as a lunatic genius, which used to drive him crazy. He said, "Why can't I be a genius like every other genius? <laughs> Why do I always have to be a lunatic genius?" And he was called Ken Campbell. No one would probably know him, but he was a very he was a great inspiration to me, and he would he didn't like the term science fiction. He preferred literature of the imagination. And as he described it, you know, it was an opportunity within that form, broadly speaking, you can deal with huge themes. You can deal with everything. You can, you know, philosophy and what and science, obviously, and all kinds of the things that might concern us, which would be very difficult to get into any other form. Yes. You know, and yet you can instantly start talking at that level if you're in genre. And I, I, have, I have great respect. And some of my favorite writers, William Gibson, Neil Stevenson, you know, are, uh, are, 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 I like possible near futures. Yeah. You know, that's my, you know, extrapolating from the present, you know, into the near future and, and seeing where the technology takes us. Things like that fascinate Bill K. me. Dick and that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, Bill K. Dick, sure. And um, so I've, no, I've never had a, but I just, you know, the quality of writing, I don't mind what genre it is or what, t what the target audience is or anything of that kind. If it's a kid's movie or a family, if the writing is, is uh, of a certain uh, quality, then I'm I'm happy. You know. Is there one particular experience in that kind of again that quote unquote genre universe that really tickled the the boy within you that you got a chance to to play in that world? Well, Underworld is a pretty you know is a pretty great opportunity to mess around you know and uh, and and I had enormous fun and and Len Wiseman and the guys who made Underworld they were believers you know they didn't make some vampire werewolf movie because that was what was available at the time or something to try and get ahead yeah. they made a vampire werewolf movie because they are serious. <laughs> enthusiastic about such things, and uh, Len is, you know, he's a brilliant man, and he and he can, and they made this brilliant film. I wandered in off the street, you know, I was, it was in, you know, I, I, I you know, the, the the subway broke down on the way to the audition. I remember, and I kind of worked up my vampire. I was in a suit, working, walking through very hot London streets. 
and trying to find this office. And I walked in and this very nice man with a camcorder said, you know, how tall are you? Have you been working lately? And I said, sure. He said, you want to do your vampire thing? I said, yeah, okay. You know, like <laughs> what? And I did my vampire thing. And he said, well, that's phenomenal. I said, well, thank you very much. <laughs> and I got the gig. And I, we ended up making three of them. You Amazing. Know? And we had a, like nine weeks of night shoots in Budapest. Yeah. <laughs> this is filmmaking. This is this vamp- is filmmaking. This is vampire werewolf filmmaking, what you want it to be. Exactly. <laughs> apart from maybe apart from the fact that I had to spend six hours putting latex all over my body right. uh, in order to appear to be un- really undead <laughs> and to have been asleep for five thousand years. They took me to. They flew me for the day from London town to Los Angeles to uh, to and and they took me to a warehouse somewhere on the edge of the city. And this guy with a bucket of I can't remember. It's all. Uh, Alginate, or that stuff they make impressions at the dentist. With sure, yeah, liquid yeah. alginate, and he was about to pour it over my it's head. Got to be good for your skin, probably. Well, exactly, <laughs> yeah. And he was about to cover the whole of my head and my torso with this liquid alginate, and he had the bucket in his hand, and he said, "Do, do you get like you know claustrophobic or anything?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, but it's a little late now." And then he poured it right over you, and they give you straws for your nose. And they said before they pour the liquid alginate over you, they said we're going to take two molds of your whole body so that we can do whatever we want to your body, and then but we'd like two expressions on your face. I was like, yeah. I had no idea of this world. This was my introduction. And he said, yeah, we'd want a normal face. And then, you know, we're going to take the top of your head off later on in the movie. So we'd need that, oh, my God, the top of my head uh, is coming off expression. Classic. What you learned in theater school. Yeah, right. Exactly. So like you could keep, like you could hold that expression underneath a a bucket load of liquid alginate. That's how I wake up every morning with that expression. I'm expecting somebody is chopping off my head. Yeah. If they'd have caught me first thing in the morning, it would have been fine. It sounds like a very elaborate plan to murder you by someone yeah. that didn't really like you, took you to an abandoned warehouse, and just really wanted to torture you to death. These things do cross your mind. <laughs> and that, But then by the time I left the warehouse, there were two full-length copies of my body lying on a table just by the exit door, you know. Not creepy uh, at all. Not creepy at all. Uh, you're redundant. We don't need you around now. We've no, got the quite. bodies. That's the next thing. Yeah, that'll be the next We're, thing. I mean, I'll uh, just franchise my, you know, my <laughs> face or something. Um, and, then, and then you even take, like, speaking of kind of these crazy uh, lengths you go uh, to acting, uh, something like Pirates, where yeah. you have to look like a crazy man with yeah. a thousand dots over your face. Yeah. Uh, were you someone that took to that? Did it take a little getting used to? It took a Does little anybody getting, getting used, used to. Get used to that? <laughs> it took a little getting used to. The first couple of days, maybe even weeks of Pirates of the Caribbean were some of the toughest uh, of my professional career. And I'm proudest that I, you know, of those days that I didn't just go to the airport and say, please, I can't do this shit. Please let me go home. Because, you know, they put you in computer pajamas with white bobbles all over them. They put you in trainers, which at my time of life, even then was kind of shaming because, you know, you have to kill myself. And they had bobbles on. They put me in a skull cap with a bobble on the top. And I had 250 dots all over my face like I had a rash. And then they give you pictures of the scariest thing on the ocean waves. And then somebody says action. And it's, t- you know, it's a it's a it's an averagely tough gig, you know, yeah. to act your way out of the pajamas, uh, and people ran out of jokes after about the first couple of weeks. So it was, you know, things settled <laughs> down. But it turned into one of the best jobs I've ever had, and the and the geniuses who made the creature. You know, oh my God! When the director saw the and when the director saw the the creature for the first time, he said, "Get your acceptance speech ready." And it turned out to be actually absolutely the case, and yeah. they got an Oscar for that. And I said to him, and he he'd always said to me, you know, I you know, I, whatever you do, whatever gestures you do, whatever facial expressions you do, your performance, whatever happens on the set, it will make the screen. I promise you. And then when I saw the creature, I said, "Wow, you said that everything would make the screen," and it did. He said, "Yeah, but I was lying." <laughs> I didn't know because <laughs> he had no it's, idea. It's a miracle because <laughs> no one. Had ever made a creature quite that advanced before. Um, you, you got in under the wire on the Potter series, and I, I assume partially that was thanks to your relationship
relationship uh, with David, uh, David Yates, yeah. who obviously directed you so well in Girl in yeah. the Cafe. Yeah. Uh, and has, it's so remarkable to see how his career has evolved from like yeah. these intimate kind of character dramas to. Yeah. But I think that's what makes him great in, in the spectacle as well. Exactly. Um, were you ever in the mix for Potter before then, or was it only at the. At I the think end? I even, uh, maybe I auditioned or something. I can't remember. Mm. My, uh, but I think I probably, you know, I, I thought I was going to be the only act, uh, English actor of a certain age not to be in Harry Potter. And I was happy with that. I'd processed it. You know, I was going to be, it gave, there was a certain. Again, ready dis- for the disappointment. And well, just, there was you know, a certain yeah. distinction. Yes. You know, I could, you know, I was set apart uh, <laughs> as the only guy who didn't make it into the, make the cut. But, uh, and David Yates. Yeah. I mean, David is, is a wonderful director, a brilliant man. And he, and I worked with him four times. I'd worked with him three times before in a thing called The Young Visitors, spelt wrong with an E instead of an O at the end. And uh, also in a TV series called State of Play, which was, as I referred sure. to earlier, which, and all of very, very different things. I think maybe The Young Visitors was, I don't know, I'm speculating, but I think that might have been what got, because it was a kind of fantastical thing. It may have been what got him the Harry Potter gig. I, this is my theory. I just find it fascinating. I mean, you know him obviously way better than I do, but I've interviewed him a number of times. He's like the most soft-spoken, sweet man that can somehow marshal thousands of people to make the biggest films on the planet now yeah, and yeah. it somehow works yeah he can be mistaken for a sort of kindly ge- geography master you know but he's and he, and he is a kindly man and he's very very you know I'm, I'm, I'm crazy about him but he is also lethal you know and he will yeah. always come and he just keeps you at it and he's relentless and uh, in a good to good purpose so uh, you know I, I don't want to you know confuse the audience and make it sound like you've only done genre films in your life but but that's what we're concentrating on for the for the moment that's fine did you so, I mean, the war is that you said no, though, to um, Doctor Who. Yeah, that's uh, that's a myth. That's not that's not true. Oh, wait. No, no, <laughs> I'm no. reading facial expressions. No, no, no. That's uh, that's uh, no, that's not the case. It's not the case. No, it's not the case. If they had asked you, what would you have said? I don't know because it didn't happen and therefore I'd have to check it out. <laughs> they still could. They're looking for another doctor. It's possible. I am always I'm usually on the list, you know, when there's a new doctor coming and there's a list in the paper with photographs. There's usually my picture. And last time there was me and Judy Dench. Which that's right. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm generally I'm a, I'm a I'm a usual suspect. And yet, and yet, two other uh, British staples have eluded you thus far. I feel like it's inevitable that we need you as like a a stern uh, evil officer in a Star Wars film at yeah. some point. Yelling yeah, yeah, I don't know why that hasn't happened. I mean, I must have been. I don't know. Maybe I lost my phone, or I don't know. But that should happen. <laughs> They're making one a year now, so I mean, t- yeah, you know, come on, keep the phone close by. They're going to run out of people. They're going to get to me. <laughs> it's the story of my career, and I'm not. I'm perfectly happy with that. And um, and I feel like you have to at some point toward or Daniel Craig or Idris Elba or somebody yes. as a Bond villain, right? I know. What's that about? I know. I don't know how that hasn't happened. I mean, uh, but yeah, no, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I have big high hopes in that area too. So um, we, we mentioned uh, Love Actually. We can't ignore the fact that uh, as we tape this, uh, this kind of teaser just uh, dropped for Red Nose Day, this amazing great cause. Uh, and watching the teaser like brought back a flood of like memories and love for that film. There's so much affection for that film. Yeah. Um, can you just give me a sense of sort of what it was like to get back together? This is only a 10-minute short, so it's not a full film, but it does return most of the, the characters. It was really great and really nice. And everybody, nobody hesitated because it's it's for Red Nose Day, which is on May the 25th. And Richard Curtis, who wrote and directed Love Actually, uh, also started Red Nose Day in the UK. It's raised millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. They've saved literally millions of uh, mostly children's lives 
Um, you can point to those people, to Emma Freud, his wife, and to Richard Curtis and the people they work with, and you can say those people there, right there, they saved millions of children from dying Amazing. from extreme poverty in yeah. 2017 completely unnecessarily and preventably, which is obviously breathtakingly admirable. And, yeah, everybody's back. Uh, he's done it brilliantly. I've only seen – I've read them all. Uh, you're, you're going to love everything. It's, he's, they're perfect extrapolations from, you know, where the characters might be 14 years on. And I've seen Liam Neeson's, which is kind of perfect. And I know what Hugh Grant does, which everyone's going to dig it. Because don't miss Did Hugh's he force bit. that poor man to dance again I'm against not, his I'm wishes? Not, I'm not at liberty to He's say anything, He's been talking for 14 Josh. years about how much he hated dancing. I know, I know. It was the worst day of his <laughs> professional life. Well, we'll have to wait and see. What does Richard Curtis have over you, gentlemen? I don't know. He's just, I don't know. But everybody turned up. And it was actually really nice. And we had a big dinner. You know, it was like a, it, I mean, it never happens on a movie that yeah. you get a kind of reunion sort of situation. And it, it was really cool. And Colin Firth and Andrew Lincoln and Ch uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor and... Uh, Lucia and Kira Knightley, Kira Knightley yep. and everyone is back, you know, and nobody hesitated because because obviously uh, the cause is such a, an admirable one. Do you, do you and I had to get struggle into some uh, <laughs> very tight trousers, which was fine. I can still get into them. <laughs> and I wonderful. wore some very uh, sort of industrial jewelry. <laughs> And uh, I had some shades which probably cost the – they're probably – you could probably buy a Porsche. You know what I mean? They, they have gold in There's right. a lot of gold in my shades. And uh, shoes, which you will be able to bid for. You can wear – you can walk in my shoes. They're the most <laughs> extraordinary electric blue, very pointed uh, shoes, which I think are an homage to Johnny Depp because they've got the word libertine written on each oh, yeah, sole. Yeah. So, um, you know, you can you – could, they could be your shoes. Amazing. May uh, the 25th. Uh, check it out. I can't wait. So it, 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 does this whet the appetite? Do you think there's any chance whatsoever for a full-on film? Well, I've never, ever discussed it with Richard until this, obviously, because, you know, everyone's very delighted that he's done this. And, the, and uh, Universal, I think it is, uh, you know, they've been begging him or at least, you know, urging him for, ever since the first one came out. And uh, I think he's, and obviously he's been reluctant. So I don't know. This might be the thing that triggers it. I don't know. I mean, but it, it, he's certainly done a brilliant job of, of um, you know, suggesting where those characters might have got to by you know up to the present day. Uh, I can't let you go. Speaking of Richard and your career, without talking a little bit about about time, which I uh, know yeah. um, I had uh, Donal in here, who I just adore uh, as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, such a, I mean, such a touching, sweet movie that that maybe didn't have the hugest box office, but is one of those that like immediately, even in the few years since, I'm sure you experience it, really worked and touched people in a profound yeah. way. I mean, I think. I mean, it did. I don't know what kind of business it did because I never look, but it, it it's entered the language. It's a it's a stayer. And I get I think probably in the last since it came out, I get more people coming up to me in the street uh, thanking me for about time than probably anything else. Uh, it's really touched people, as you say. Yeah. It was also um, it was the biggest grossing movie. I mean, somebody's going to tell me I'm wrong, but it was a huge success in South Korea. <laughs> And no one could work out why South Korea was, you know, was so crazy about it. And then somebody from the South Korea PR department explained that it was it was because it very closely followed their Buddhist guidelines. Who and knew? The, you know about <laughs> and and also I think because they have, as in most countries, they have a very great tradition of that the the father son relationship is sure. a very, you know is a very kind of. Uh, important one. So it is and one last thing I'm curious about on Richard because he said in recent years I think I said about about time that was going to be the last film he directed. I know. Is that I mean have you talked to him about that whether it's love actually or not? I mean do you think he's serious about that? I think he probably is and I and he said if I'm going to follow the suggestions that I've made in the film about time 
why would I spend three years of my life making a movie? Oh, no. Because three years of my life in pain. <laughs> and I said, well, there's no answer to that. Because yeah, he's a very it's nice man smart, and you yeah. don't want him to be in pain. But <laughs> I'm hoping that there'll be, he'll write something which is so uh, treasurable, you know, yeah. so important to him that he won't want to let anybody else direct it. And, and, and I'm hoping that there'll be a part for, you know, a man of my height and weight. <laughs> well, they've got the, that, um, that life doll now. They don't need you. They don't need me. I know I'm it's sorry, true. Bill. I, <laughs> I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but, but can he dance? You know what I mean. That's what I want to know. <laughs> so, are you? I mean, you talk. We talk about Richard. You know, like uh, you know, directing being painful for him, and we hear that often for directors. That's a, tain, a painful process. Is acting painful for you? Yeah, yeah. I, it, it doesn't. I don't. I, it doesn't come easy. I mean, I, you know, it should come easy. It's only what. It's only I make a meal of it. You know, it's not because. I mean, it is quite. If you're talking about acting, the actual process, well, process, that's a fancy word, but the actual thing of uh, acting. Being on set, like being in the being moment, is that pleasurable? What's pleasurable, what's not? What's the, break it down for me if you could a little well, bit. It's very difficult, Josh. I don't know what to say. I mean, there are passages of time of, of, of it that are pleasurable. Mostly, I find it alarming and worrying, <laughs> and I don't sleep much. And it's like, you know, and it doesn't get any better because you think, well, it should get better because I did it before. And you go through all, you, you try and find precedents to embolden yourself, um, and they work up to a point. Um, but, you know, I, 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 and there are times, you know, there are times when they're not very frequent, but there are times when you think, I know what I'm doing, this is fine. Like even I cannot, you know, undermine myself uh, in this situation, and then it's then it can be blissful. Particularly, you know, on stage there'll be some wet Wednesday matinee, and there'll be nobody in the audience, and suddenly everything flows in a way, and everything is explained, and everything is simple and easy, and you yeah. think, oh, I see. This was there was no need for any of that static. This is how it goes. This is great, you know, and then. And then it never happens again, you know, for six months or something. And, and you think, well, why can't it be like that all the time? But, uh, but you know, I mean, but generally speaking, I think it's a, you know, I think it's a primary art form. There's radical. I think that it's, uh, you know, there's dignity in it for everybody. You know, I mean, and if, if you're fortunate as I have been to work with great writing, then it's a, you know, I'm not complaining. I feel like um, I've discovered, if nothing else, in the course of conversing with you, that well, a that you're a secret neurotic, maybe not so secret, and that you you really mm. should be a like you're a Woody Allen protagonist that just never <laughs> happened, that hasn't happened yet. That's another thing. Yeah, what happened to that? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, I let's just say that he's never said anything that was that unfamiliar to me. You know what I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I get it. I really get it. There's more happy, sad, confused coming up after this break. So, and I, you actually, I feel like I haven't seen you do an American accent that much. You've lapsed into it a few times in in this, and yeah. clearly you can do it with well, facility. Well, I'm building up. I'm building up, and I'm hoping. You know, there's been a couple of uh, opportunities, but the you know, but the projects weren't quite the right thing. Yeah. Uh, but I'm hoping. Yeah, that is a that is something I would really like to do, and I'm you know, and I'm uh, looking for something that will allow me to. I uh, at the moment I just practice on my phone. And I, I watch American movies on the TV and I have a series of uh, heartbreaking tapes or rather recordings on my iPhone of me doing various states of the United States. Wait, um, wait, 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 so, and we're not going to hear any. <laughs> no, so. I know. It's okay. It's okay. But, but uh, I'm, just, I'm just curious. Like, what, what are you literally saying into your I have phone? Con I had a conversation with 
uh, Denzel or Denzel Washington the other day. He was in a movie, and I had a I had a quick conversation with Denzel because uh, I admire him so tremendously. And anyway, no, I'm just you know when I'm on my own, <laughs> and it, you hear it in your head because I do do accents. I mean, I've re been required professionally to sure. do you know various regional British accents and. Uh, Australian accents and other kinds of accents, and I'm I'm quite I, I'm quite keen on doing all that, and I do have an ear for it. I mean, you know, I mean, I think you either have an ear or you don't. I don't know, but uh, so uh, and the one that is left to do, you know, publicly is an American accent, or 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 I should say, you know, several American accents. Right, because you know? I was going to say the reverse. Like for us here in in America, we as far as we're concerned, there's just one British accent. There's nothing. Uh, yeah. we're, we're very single-minded that way. We don't understand nuance or. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know it's 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 very strange that, but and it's but it's not quite the same. But only because I study it a bit on my own, you know, and I and I and I hear different. I don't know, necessarily don't know where they come from, sure. which part of America. But, uh, you know, it's like I think it's very important that you don't do a generic accent because then and, and that gets you into trouble. And often that doesn't sound for real. Yeah. And it's like Rennie Zellweger is a great example of doing a British accent. She doesn't just do a British accent. She does a really specific yep. uh, English way of speaking. I don't know how she's done it. I mean, she's a genius anyway. I mean, I think she's just incredible. Uh, and but the Bridget Jones is what I'm talking about. Yep. And she does that. That's a very, very specific uh, English voice and she's it's not some you know it didn't come out of some you know package that's she's really found something I, I think that's something that I mean I feel like I've talked to a lot of actors and, and filmmakers about not even about just about accents but specificity just in the arts in terms of creating something the more it, it might be counterintuitive but the more kind of like focused and, and individual and unique the story the angle the the accent whatever um, even if you lose some of the audience seemingly it, it, it resonates in a more authentic way yeah, I couldn't agree more right. I think that's the key absolutely I agree so um uh, Bring it back to their finest uh, for a second. I mean, I'm curious. Like, are you a quick yes when you read a script? Do you do you labor over it? Uh, uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I have been known. In this case, it was a quick yes uh, because the script was great, the part was great, and it was Lona Scherfig. And uh, I wanted to work with Lona for a while, and we've tried a couple of times, and it hasn't come off because of various other things. And this was an obvious opportunity, and it was everything about I, everything about it was attractive. Uh, there, are, but I do sometimes I labor. Yeah, sure. You know, there are there are sort of borderline things, and you and you're not quite sure, or there are elements that, you know, alarm you more than usual. Uh, uh, so I have been. You know, I'm not terrific at making decisions if it's sort of borderline. But there are. What's great is when you get a script and you you, you say yes on page twenty. Yeah. And unless something terrible happens, unless I have to get naked and <laughs> cut my wrists and smear myself with margarine. You All know, three of those or one of those? Sorry. Which, which, uh, <laughs> uh, any of those, really. Uh, it's amazing how it's many for scripts the personal I get. Life. It's amazing how many scripts I've had lately where they require me to be naked, and it's like you go. Where were you, you know, 30 years ago when it might have been, you know, a, a, a halfway attractive idea of me being naked? You think you want to see me naked. You don't want to see me naked. But uh, Bill is sitting in his, uh, naked right now. And it's, yeah, it's I'm a naked wonderful now, sight. But that's so, I mean, fine. It's... That's so that you and I can relax. <laughs> <laughs> Am I allowed to say? I'm glad it took about 30 minutes into the conversation for us to mention that we were naked. For yeah, the conversation. I know. I don't know why it took so long. <laughs> and there were three young women doing their iPhones here. At the same totally time. uninterested. Totally uninterested. Throwing up in the corner. Yeah, they couldn't even give a damn. Um, there was oh. a time when I took my shirt off. People paid attention. <laughs> Stunned silence in the old days. 
<laughs> oh, we've lost our train of thought. I, I'm sorry. Don't um, worry. <laughs> uh, nakedness. No, nakedness. Uh, no, um, saying yes. yes. Saying, saying yes. yes on page 20, if it's good. And this was their finest was one of those. I didn't have to get to the end before I said yes in my head. And, uh, and, and I mean, you know, and I want to work with Lona again. And she sent me, uh, she gave me a script for a further film. Yeah. And uh, I read it on the plane. Uh, you know, I read it the moment she gave it to me. And, uh, and, you know, and texted her immediately afterwards and said, yeah, come on, let's do that. Well, I would think this, this also checks the boxes just in terms of like from your perspective. It, it's both a juicy, fun, interesting role and also obviously the film itself works, which is like you, yeah. you want A or B and this you get both. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, it, you know, everything about it was I love the period. I love the fact that it gives you a real sense of what it was like to be in London in 1940 which is a period for which most people in England of a certain vintage, me, my generation, I was born just after the war, and a couple of other generations have an intense nostalgia for that period. Yep. Which, broadly speaking, people who weren't there, because if you were there, it was a brutal time. But they made these films, to, it's a film about making a film, and it, it, they made these films to keep everybody's spirits up, but also to, to, to deliver certain information, and, and, and under the most ridiculously difficult conditions, with no money and no resources and whilst being savagely bombarded by another country and while people died every day so you know you didn't know who was going to be alive around to be in the film the next morning um and yet they they managed not only to deliver the information and keep everybody's spirits up they made some pretty good films but this film itself is you know it's it's i like i like when people you know if, if the film or the book or the song or the whatever has something as you might say big to deliver sure it doesn't forget that in this case, for instance, it doesn't forget that it's going to be a great night out. It doesn't forget to entertain you. Yep. And that's the balance. That's the holy grail. And that's what everybody's after. And that's why when you get to page 20 of their finest, you just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me be in this, you know, because it does both of those, all of those things, um, which is an information travels best, obviously, in an entertaining form. Exactly. Is, is the actor that you play in this, do you consider, is he a good actor? Um, I think, I don't know, really. I've never, I mean, people used to ask me that while I was doing it, which is slightly unsettling. Uh, are you playing a good actor? You go, well, if you have to ask that question, I think we're all, we've, we've already answered it. Um, I think he probably is. He's certainly serious about acting. I mean, I think in the middle, the thing, one of, one of the very few things that sort of, you know, attractive about him is the fact that I think he's quite serious about acting mm -hmm. not just in a you know in a stuck up la di da way but in a genuine way he's kind of interested in the whole phenomenon of it um, uh, you know uh, and, and I mean you know people say you know you're playing this chronically self-absorbed pompous actor in his declining years um, uh, but but I do think that in the end there is a kind of um, resolution for him and mm -hmm. you do see that there's something there's something in there that's still intact. Absolutely, he, he's a, fair to say he's a bit of ham. Mm. Is that helpful? Sure. Is that helpful as an actor? Is there? I mean, it's part of the DNA. I think of most actors, you have to have a little bit of showmanship. Wanting, I mean, there's a some compulsion to perform, I guess entertain. So. I guess so. Yeah, you do. Yeah, and it's uh, it was a, you know, and because I get to play the part in the movie that we're making in the movie that you watch, as well as the the actor himself, that that was fun to do. Yeah. So give me a sense. I, I mentioned when you came in, I've seen you on stage here. Obviously, um, you love the stage. You're, you're you're amazing on the stage. Do you view it? I mean, I've talked to different actors with different viewpoints. Like, do you view it as a different 
art form? Do you view it as different acting? Do you have to think I'm acting to the back of the room as opposed to that camera five feet away from me? Well, there are technical considerations of that kind. You know, you just have, you, you have to be heard and you have to raise your voice. But other than that, I mean, and that takes some, a little while to get used to, you know. But other than that, the, it's pretty much the same deal. You know, the acting, although technically, as I say, different, it's pretty much the same. What's required is the same thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, and I, 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 you know, I grew up in the theater and I, I never, and I expected my life to be in the theater. And I, um, and I do, I don't, to say I love it, I don't know. Because it just is, is so... Is Bill capable of loving anything? He's so, he's so well, upset. You know, I love John Lee Hooker. <laughs> there I you love, go. Okay. You know, I love the blossom in London that, uh, right now. I love, um, I love Ford Maddox Ford. I love... Um, <laughs> okay, I love good. Isabelle Huppert. <laughs> I love... Um, These know, are undeniable things that yeah, we can't... Coffee. I'm crazy about coffee. Okay, good. I like days off. <laughs> you know, I like bookshops. Um, are you are you planning that being said? Are you planning a, a torturous return to the stage for our benefit at some point? <laughs> it's all about us, not you. Yes, quite um, <laughs> torturous. That's funny because uh, it will be whatever else it's going to be. It will be torturous. No, clearly. Um, but uh, no, I'm not. What? I stand in the wings every first night, every opening night of every play I think I've ever done. You know where there was where there since there was an alternative to doing plays, in other words, being on television or being in a film. With vowing with all of my body, all of my system, that this will never, ever be allowed to happen again. <laughs> what was I thinking? I could be on a film set with somebody bringing me a cappuccino. Right. You know, I could be making, you know, more money. I could be not <laughs> terrified in the dark. I could be, you know, all that. You, but then, you know, the rewards are proportionate. Yeah. And there is, you know, I am, you know, I'm very, you know, I, I, I do love the theater as a thing. You know, I think it's the most... Beautiful and, and and often you can say things in the theatre that you can't say anywhere else because you know and it's it's a marvelous and beautiful collective thing, but uh, the doing of it is alarming. Do, do you? I feel like you and, and Hugh probably get along pretty well. Mm. You and Hugh Grant. It feels like yeah. I, I've talked to him on the podcast before, and it feels oh, like right. there's a similar kind of uh, um, you know being rough on yourself and, and 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 also just sort of like resolving why do I even bother with this kind of thing, and, I yet, know. and yet loving it at the same time. It's obviously a, a strange kind of. I hope that's the case with Hugh, because the ir the irony is that when I, when Hugh does that stuff to me, I'm always like, "What do you mean? What are you crazy? <laughs> you're incredible. You can you know you've got everything. You're you know you're incredibly impossibly good looking, and you're really clever." and you're fucking, you know, you're very, you know, because I love, I'm never happier than watching Hugh Grant. I mean, I go to all those movies, you know, I, I actually go to the movie. I mean, he's one of the, I don't know, three people that would get me out of my house and into the movies these yeah. days, you know. And I went, he was honored recently in, uh, in England, the British Film Institute had the wit to make him a fellow, they give him a fellowship at the British Film Institute. And I was very, very pleased. And I'm, you know, I put on a black tie and went down there and it was, uh, it was wonderful to see him honored in that way by his profession. Um, and, and just uh, one uh, other note on theater. I'm just curious. Like I'm always uh, astounded by the, the focus it, it takes. I mean, my mind wanders in, in you know in five minutes of just existing day to day. Do you find that theater can focus you like nothing else, or, yeah. can, or are you also making shopping lists when you're on stage? No, no, no shopping lists. Not around. Not on. Not around my way. No, no. You focus entirely. If you start, I mean, it, 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 it's just too dangerous. You can't. You know. And and it's a, it is actually a very engaging. You know, it's a fully engaging activity, and and I am, you know, it's not like it's not you are, you know, it's not like uh, there's nothing. I don't mean in any, you know, I don't attain some alternate state or right, anything right. like that. I've heard about that, but I don't know how it's 
psychologically possible because I have to be self-conscious in order to do the gig, you know. Um, but uh, but I am, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm so determined uh, to get it all done and get do it as well as I possibly can that I am, I am fearfully uh, uh, focused and, uh, uh, yeah. Do, do any of the, the quote-unquote next generation of uh, British actors get particularly high marks from you in terms of the, the Cumberbatches and the Hiddlestons and the Redmaines of the world? Who, who, who gets the uh, top honors in your mind? Well, I'd rather, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of great young English actors around, and I'd rather not mention any of them for fear of uh, not mentioning others. Fair enough. He hates them all. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. That's he not loves true. them all too much to just admit one. No, I'm not going to give you anybody. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. All right, I'll give you one. Tom Brook with an E. Check him out. I will. I feel ignorant now. This is horrible. I always say Tom Brook with an E because he's such a wonderful, beautiful comic actor. And uh, and I think he should. more people should know. Okay, I'm going to IMDb right after this. Uh, uh, taking a holiday after this press tour? What's the what's on the agenda? Do you know uh, what's next? It's spring in London town and the blossom is out and it's very, very beautiful. And I get so excited. And uh, it's my favorite time of the year. And I've begun to count springs for obvious reasons. So uh, I know, don't worry, it's <laughs> not it. that morbid. But uh, <laughs> I am determined to make the most of every single moment. Uh, I'm going to Australia and New Zealand with this movie. I'm going to Melbourne and Sydney and Auckland, where I did make a movie in Auckland, and I made a movie in Melbourne. I made an underworld movie in Auckland. We made Return of the Lycans. <laughs> love it. I love it. Out there. <laughs> and, um, so, and I love it there. So we're going to go there, and then I'm going to come home, and I can't remember what else I have to do. But uh, One day at a time. One day you at a time. you got a lot going on. Exactly. Um, I, <clears throat> as I said, I, I'm such an admirer of your work, and it's been such a pleasure to get to know you a little bit today. Thank you. Uh, congratulations on Their Finest. Everybody should check it out. I'm a, I'm a, a big fan of, of everybody in this cast. Gemma, Sam, it's, yeah. it's an exceptional cast. And yeah. uh, check it out for both something that, yeah, it, it, it is educational, as you said, in terms of sort of like that time frame, but it's also... As you also said, a, a fun time at the movies yeah, exactly. makes you makes you feel something. Yeah. Um, thanks, Bill. My pleasure. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs> This episode of Happy, Sad, Confused was produced by Michael Catano, James T. Green, Mukta Mohan, and Kasia Mihailovic for the MTV Podcast Network, with additional engineering by Little Everywhere. You can subscribe to this and all of our other shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you find your favorite podcasts. American Giant is the leading manufacturer of American-made clothing. When you choose American Giant, you are saying yes to clothes made under the highest standards, ones that support sustainable jobs, living wages, safe working conditions, and use high-quality materials. Plus, they have a full range of timeless, durable basics for men and women. Wear your values in the new year. Get 20% off with code NY23 at American-Giant.com. That's 20% off at American-Giant.com. Code NY23.